This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. There is radio and radio. And then there is Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Can you hear the difference? 7 to 9 a.m. Radio K Pulpit. That's where you are at or where we are at together. It is the Yellow Mike family. Welcome to the show. My name is TC Mgenela and I'll be taking you through to 8 p.m. this afternoon. Not afternoon, evening. Come on now, TC, where are you? <laughs> um, today we are speaking to an incredible woman who is a registered counsellor. She goes by the name of Umbali. We're talking anxiety and depression. Um, and uh, she'll be talking talking us through and walking us through um, the journey of depression and anxiety. Um, so please do listen up. And if you do have any questions, please do bring them on. Um, or if you have any things that you don't really understand, please um, write that message on on 0801-729-1657. That is 0817291657. Get in touch with us and find out a little bit more about anxiety, depression. Also looking at, uh, you know, COVID-19 times where um, we had been forced to, to be on a um, national lockdown, you know, how that has affected some people that do live with mental illness. So we'll be speaking that and uh, please SMS us if you can, 37988 Uh Right now we're going to go straight to Bulletproof Citizen Way coming your way and then uh, we'll be back with some more talk. You are listening to Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Your radio compass on the road to true living. Don't have to fear no more. Don't have to worry no more. That is, of course, a citizen. Uh, what did you say they were? They are um, a citizen way yeah, saying that we are bulletproof. Family, we are speaking depression and anxiety this evening here on the Yellow Mic. Um, and uh, some of you might have... Uh, uh, might have an understanding of what depression and anxiety is all about. Um, you may have an understanding of it, uh, you know, from a personal point of view, or maybe someone in your family or within your friend's circle has experienced it. Um, but just for definition's sake, you know, as we go on, just to get our minds um, into an understanding, um, I've got a definition here. What is depression? Feeling down, sad, or upset um, is normal. It can be concerning um, feeling... Um, um, that way for days so it's almost like for days and for weeks and end you're just feeling down you're feeling sad and you're feeling upset and anxiety is a fear or a worry and it can happen to anyone from time to time Two, it's also unusual to experience anxiety before a big event or an important decision that needs to be made. Um, so that's sort of an understanding, you know, just a brief understanding of what depression and anxiety is truly about and the differentiation of it, you know, because some people do suffer from depression, but maybe not particularly anxiety. Um and uh, some people suffer from anxiety but not depression so some people say that it goes hand in hand so that's why we have Bali who is going to clear the air for us and give us uh, you know what it truly is it it is all about you know and um, Bali Kuzwayo is a registered counselor she's originally from Durban she lives in Cape Town currently and she is passionate about emotional well-being um something that i think most of us are passionate about as well um you know having a proper well 
well-being. Um, and that's something as well that I'm also passionate about. And that's why I thought, let us have um, this conversation. And family, please do reach out to us on 081 That is 081-729-1657. And uh, speak to us a little bit more. Have you faced depression and anxiety? Um, did you feel excluded? Did you feel um, as if, you know, did, did something major happen in your life in order for you to experience depression and anxiety? 0817291657. That is uh, the WhatsApp line that you can reach us on. Alternatively, you can SMS us on 37988. That is 37988. 16 minutes past right now. We're going to go straight to Dr. Dumi saying, I love you, Lord. Thank you to Dr. Dumi saying, I love you, Lord. Bring us straight to 21 minutes past uh, seven. And our conversation with Umbali Kuzwayo. I have already um, briefed you, family out there, as to who Mbali is. Um, but I'm sure she'll also like to add a little bit more as to um, who she is and what she is all about. Um, as tonight's conversation, we're speaking anxiety disorder, we're speaking depression, and Mbali is a registered uh, a counselor and she's going to be um, giving us uh, a bit of a, a some, you know, sh- shedding some light um, when it comes to um, those two, um, depression and anxiety disorder. Bali, how are you this evening? Bali, can you hear me? Hi. Hi, how are you this evening? I'm very well, thank you. I'm in warm Durban for a bit. Yay. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for agreeing to having this conversation with us. It really means a lot, um, especially in light of what is happening in the world, um, where we are faced with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, where uh, psychologically a lot of people have been affected by um, the pandemic. And I think oh. it's, it's an important conversation to have, and I'm so glad that you agreed to having it with us. And we thank you for your time as well. Um, Bali, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Mbali? Uh, why did Mbali decide to go into counseling firstly? And then we'll get into our discussion. Mbali is, um, Mbali is a young, very passionate, very much of an emotional human being that tends to feel other people's pain um, and very energy focused and kind of just can feed off her surroundings. Um, and so psychology was almost like a calling for me, to be honest, because my mother, I think, has only just let go of the idea of me being her engineer child. <laughs> so, um, it, 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 I realized that, you know, as much as I can be skilled at, at, at science and, and all those things, the, the passion and the change would come with therapy. And so I embarked on that, and I've, I've never looked back. Um, I'm originally from Durban, currently based in Cape Town, and just pursuing, you know, um, bettering my skills and kind of offering healing, really, to people mm. in need mm. and spreading spreading awareness on, on emotional well-being. Mm. Which is something which is uh, sometimes is neglected, I believe. <laughs> most of the time, yeah. most of the time. Yes. Especially just... in this day and age. Especially mm. in this day and age, we are feel like the we're just living in a world that is so fast-paced. We mm. forget to just stop 
mm. and recognize what is actually going on. And and as you mentioned, with you know the pandemic happening now, we've been forced into those spaces um, to now take a break, and and it's and it's not by choice, so it makes it that much more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. Um, Bradley, we're going to get into our conversation, which is, of course, uh, um, talking depression, talking anxiety. And, yeah. you know, the first things first, um, I want to know what is the most prevalent cause of depression and anxiety? Um, is it something that I can carry from, you know, my parents? Is it hereditary? Or is it something that, you know, happens because of circumstance, because of, mm. you know, a change that happens within um, my life situation? Mm. Well, they, they, I mean, they almost have the same side effects. They almost have the same symptoms and tell the same story, but they're very different things. Um, they, they have, you know, somebody... Depression and anxiety are different things and that are usually grouped together because of what is actually happening. It's, and really what it is, is it's a physiological offset um, that is happening within your body. It's an unease, it's, a, it's an uneasy like, or unstable state of mind that occurs. Um, and, you know, it's not entirely research says that it's not entirely, cannot be 100% them that it's hereditary. However, if if there's somebody in my family or a parent of mine or even a, you know a parent of mine or a sibling of mine who has been diagnosed or suffers from it, my chances of developing it myself are slightly higher. Um, and so, you know, one can experience depressive episodes, which is a passing thing. Um, otherwise, you can also be diagnosed with clinical depression, which is something that honestly is out of your control. It's, it's, a, it's, it's in essence a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that can occur from birth. That can occur from a trauma that may happen in your life and unfortunately may, may never pass, depending on the magnitude of such traumas. And, 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 that's, and that's depression. You know, when it comes to anxiety, anxiety again is a physiological offset, and that that is that is just a discomfort, really, something that triggers your body because we all have codes. You know, these these, these our bodies always communicate to us, and sometimes anxiety comes off with you know you'll get your hands sweating, you'll start shaking, you'll lose your breath, um, you'll start panicking. Um, about certain things that other people may seem normal, you know, um, you, it, it, it's a fact that 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 people see. But what your body is telling you is, this is not working for me. I'm not liking this. I'm not happy, um, and this is I don't feel comfortable or safe in this environment and in this space. So that's in essence what it is. I mean. It's, it's an offset in your body and it's your body telling you no. All right. So it's an offset in your body and your body pretty much not being able to handle something or whatever yeah. has happened to you. And, yeah, or um, happening in the present moment. Or what's moment, happening yeah. in the present moment. Okay. Mm. Um, then looking at 
diagnosis and the way forward you know once you have been diagnosed um with depression or anxiety um you know how does it affect your general well-being um especially the people around you and i think you yeah. as an individual you know which is obviously the most important person because it's about your well-being um you know what is the stage maybe talk us through um getting to that point where a diagnosis is given so let's start with the fact that it the it affects, depression and anxiety affects you the same way diagnosed or not right because again it's, it's it's something that is happening there's a change that is happening or has occurred or has existed in your body so it's going to affect you whether or not you have realized or have been diagnosed with it um however Obviously, once you're diagnosed, you know what you're dealing with and you're more conscious and, and cognitive to then the realities of what's happening. And maybe once diagnosed, I, I can say the management is better. Mm. But it, once diagnosed or not diagnosed, how it affects you generally and your general well-being is it, 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 it impedes on your day-to-day function. It touches on and affects your appetite. Sometimes people will eat, and that's either, you know, it plays both ways. Sometimes people will eat more. Other times they will lose their appetite completely. Um, Your energy levels tend to drop most of the time with both depression and anxiety. Um, And you just don't feel as excited about doing things that would otherwise excite you. Sleep patterns get affected. um, And again, that goes both ways. You you sometimes may feel like you just don't want to get out of bed ever. Um, and other times you struggle falling asleep and suffer from insomnia. You know, so, so that affects and impedes on your mood and, and how you interact with people. And you then become easily triggered by, by again, things that maybe you would normally be able to do. And I say normally, and I'm using it very lightly because what is normal to one person obviously may not to the next, yeah. right? Mm. But when I say day-to-day function, it's, it's the general things that one is expected to do, um, to wake up in the morning, to take a shower, uh, to feed themselves and have some breakfast, possibly get in an exercise, um, and to go on about their day and whatever it is that they had planned. But when one is suffering from depression and anxiety, those things seem overwhelming. Taking a shower alone, which may be mundane to another person, seems just too much. It seems unnecessary. It seems like too much work. And getting up in itself, is, is, it, it feels like a, it's a stressor that then sits on one's shoulders who's suffering from, from such illness. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, mm. I, I, you know, you, you're describing it in a, in a way that I think a lot of people will be able to, you know, just understand, um, yeah. what it is that, uh, people that uh, do live with depression, anxiety, um, feel now, yeah. what are some of the stereotypes that are linked to depression, and anxiety, because, you know, some people perhaps just don't get it within our families, within, you know, work environments, within friendships, 100%. um, what are some of those stereotypes uh, that are there and how can, um, you know, people be a little bit more sensitive? I think 
you know, with regards to sensitivity, it, it, it would be nice, but it's almost hard if one, if the next person doesn't really know that you're actually suffering from it, right? Mm, because true. if I don't know that, that there's something happening in your world, it's a catch-22 because you're not necessarily also going to go around telling everybody, hey, I suffer from depression and anxiety. That's not what people do. Mm. Um, and often, more, that, like, more often than not, um, someone who's suffering from such an illness who may be unaware of it or may be the first person, again, in their family to ever go through that um, may not find themselves to that particular diagnosis or realization. And so some of the stereotypes that are linked to it is Things like being annoying or, oh, you're crazy or you're unstable and friendly and social. You don't like people. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to get along. Why don't you want to smile? Um, things are hurtful and none of them are actually pleasant. None of them are nice. And it's, it's, it's almost like all the harsh things that people say about another person about, you know, oh, you stress too much or you overthink this. Are oh, you so picky? You're so fussy about certain things, and why are you all so unhappy? Mm. You know, mm. um, and that really, I don't, I don't, I, I, I personally believe that there's not one person in this world who chooses unhappiness. I think, I think, honestly speaking, we're all born, you know, wanting more in the world and and hoping for more. And there are things and factors in life and along our lives that that taint that, that 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 change that. Um, and that affects that thinking or that wish or that desire. So it's, it's a very sad almost state to be in because mm. if you haven't realized it within yourself, and again, if you find yourself, you know, accidentally snapping at a friend, the first thing one would probably do is judge yourself for that, not realizing that you're not even in control of that, you know? Um, so it can also become just a detrimental cycle upon oneself who's actually suffering from it if they're not aware that, you know, this could be something that is outside of their control and this is what's happening to them. And in essence, that they're not to blame. Yeah, it's not an easy journey. Yeah, definitely. Not at all. Mm. Not at all. So... As a family member um, and a friend um, or a loved one, you know, that is, uh, um, you know, uh, having to deal with uh, or someone that is living with depression or anxiety, um, how do I, you know, deal? <laughs> how do I make it easier for them? Um, how do I help you? How do I help them? How do I assist them? Yeah. And how do I make it easier for them? Or how can they make it easier for me as yes. um, the person that is um, living with the 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 uh, with depression or anxiety? Yes. Again, I think you know it's 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 one of those things that you can't you can't fix what you don't know. You can't you know you you if if we're siblings, and I don't know that you're suffering from depression and anxiety. I, I will have no idea about it, not unless I perhaps have done research, have heard about it, have had outside experience. But if not, and if we're in a very similar upbringing and lifestyle, um, and I am different to you, chances are I would probably judge you, correct? So it's very hard if it's unknown. Um, however, once 
once one has an inkling, once one has an idea, or once one has paid attention to, to again, these, these symptoms that you may see in a person, I think if the person suffering as a family member or even a friend, if the person that you suspect suffers from it, I think it's very important to, to tread carefully and, and kind of be very sensitive with the matter because remember that the person who's dealing with it doesn't, hasn't come to that realization that that's what's happening to them. So they're probably beating themselves up for, for the things that they're happening, not realizing that, again, that it's not their fault and it's out of their control. So it's a matter of just informing them. It's a matter of being patient. Um, a matter of also just, you know, realizing or maybe trying to open yourself up to what are the triggers? When does this person feel different? What is it that upsets my my mother or, or my friend or my boyfriend? What is it that, that makes them uneasy about certain things? And try to pick up on those certain patterns. Just to assist, you know? Um, if it is that it's crowd, some people get, get crowd anxious, um, and, and being out at restaurants, which may seem very pleasant for many people, but others not so much, um, you know, things like that to just pick up on, on just when, when do these moods alter, um, and, and what is it that I can do to kind of, and when, when is it that this person is most happiest and kind of try to keep on that track and then slowly just inviting to the idea of it, but also maybe just try educate yourself on it and, and, and before offering, you know, the platform or the idea or even the diagnosis um, to the person that's actually going through it. Um, and, just, and just the patience is, is such a critical thing because if somebody is suffering more particularly with depression, Emotional readiness is, is a very big factor in, in the whole process because if somebody else comes to me and I'm suffering with depression and they judge me or call me out in a manner that is not as polite or gentle, I will naturally be very defensive about that. And so what you're doing is you're pushing that person away instead of actually just saying, I'm here for you. I think just to round it up really, just have an open heart and, and open your arms and kind of hold their hand, hold their hand throughout the journey and and just offer your assistance in finding out what's going on and more importantly, helping them in, in being better or being happier. Yeah, definitely. I love the open heart element, you know, and having an open heart and uh, walking with them and being gentle um, towards yeah. those people. Um, now, uh, you know, the, the, the sometimes um, you find people or family members or even friends that will say, you know, this this whole depression thing is an excuse. This person is making an excuse for not wanting, sure. you know, to live their life or for not wanting to push harder. Um, what can yeah. you say to that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that there haven't been people who have tried to use that as, as an escape. Yes. Or, or kind of, of, you know, like, yeah, or, or it's, it's, it's the same thing and, and struggle that we have with, with OCD. I mean, how many people do we know that will just so haphazardly say, oh, no, I'm so OCD about certain things, not realizing that it's an actual mental disorder for a lot of people that is not pleasant. So to, to, to kind of use that as a joke is, is somewhat offensive to somebody who truly mm. suffers from it 
mm. on a clinical level, right? Mm. Um, but I think, I mean, it's hard to kind of say, you know, call that person out or, or call them to order for, for saying that because, again, you cannot prove that they're not. Um, and, again, this it, it could also be a cry out for help. Mm. You know, it could be the best way they know how to say, no, I'm truly suffering from this, except they may say it in a, in a space or time that you're not expecting. Um, so I think, I think it's just important for everybody to just generally be sensitive about it and just, you know, trust that they mean what they say, at least until you can prove otherwise. Mm. Um, because as I said, it could be the best way that they know how to cry off and just, but it just sounds like a joke that maybe they're coping mechanism. Um, and they may actually cut realization, except they really don't know what steps to then follow next. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you bring us uh, to that next question about steps. Um, you know, what is the first step that one should um, take um, forward in terms of healing and receiving the help that they need? Let's say now, you know, you've discovered and, uh, you know, fully have gone um, for, um, a, you've gotten a diagnosis that, okay, you are yeah. suffering from this or, you know, you've you've checked yourself and you just thought, you know what, there's something wrong here. You know, you've gone to your GP and they have recommended that you go elsewhere um yeah where to from here you know what is the best solution um in terms of moving forward yeah yes i think well i mean if one gets to that realization i think one very important thing to do is to give yourself a pat on the back for 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 paying attention because as i said there's the reason why this pandemic is affecting us so much is because we didn't want it, we didn't plan it, we didn't know it was coming. We, you know, it, it, we didn't ask for the time out. We didn't ask for all the changes to be happening. So, so it's a shock to a lot of people and things, and it's forced people in corners that they didn't want to be in. So, I think when one gets to the realization that something is wrong, that means that you've taken time to accept what is happening. To 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 acknowledge that something is wrong. And that alone is, is a very big thing. So I think once you've arrived at that stage of, of acknowledgement, I think it's very important to say to to really just give yourself a pat on the back and say, well, I'm ready to take action. Um, because again, as I said, very mundane steps may, may be overwhelming for people who suffer from such mental illnesses. So once you've accepted it, I think just, to just be gentle with yourself, not be too hard, but also to ask for help, you know, and mm. and to pay attention to your triggers for yourself now more than anything, and to just pace yourself with with your day to day functions. Is it that maybe you it can trigger you maybe if you haven't had your lunch and then that's just the wrong time of day for you um, that could lead to certain things and maybe you're not your happiest and, and then from then onwards it's a downward spiral, you know. Notice again, do is it is it crowds, is it too much silence, is it what is it that makes you unhappy? Um and once you notice or pay attention and open your heart to noticing those triggers within yourself, it becomes easier to kind of stay away from them. Yeah. You know? Um and then again asking for help. Trust with your trusted friends and family. It's not something that not everybody will happily want to announce to the world. In fact, as much as the awareness needs to be spread, 
Um, we also don't want it to become something that seems like a joke or something that's not as serious because it is quite serious. Um, so I think asking for help is a very is a very important step. Um, and then and then just try to find ways to then change change your habits. Um, and 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 I think that comes naturally within the acceptance and following those steps and asking for help. Naturally, something would have to change in order for your environment to feel as healthy as possible for you. And sometimes that you can find that that is even changing your location or where you stay. Um, you know, I, I, for instance, I'm not going to lie, there's certain cities that for me, I feel like make me feel more anxious than anything else. Um, and, and I've noticed that within myself. So, so it's important to then change it once you've identified what it is that makes you uneasy. I get you. So acknowledgement and uh, really understanding um, what are the things that trigger you, you know, yeah. you know, at what time of the day maybe do you get triggered or if someone says this or if you see this, um, yeah. maybe you get triggered then. Um, yeah. But help. Most importantly, help because it's yeah. definitely not something that you can do alone. Um, yeah. you, you can only have so many conversations with yourself and sometimes you go in circles not actually picking up what the actual point is. True. And that's where, you know, the therapy comes in. That's where talking to other people comes in and, and just communicating it and, and the offload. Um, that's when it becomes easier to then move forward. Mm, the help, the help, the help. And I yes. think that's where you also come in, you know, in the help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just briefly, um, we're going to definitely be speaking to you next week as well. But if you could just briefly say, you know, what are sort of um, the, the main things that um, you as a counselor, therapist would take one through or the journey that you would take them through? Um, if you can, you know, just briefly. In, in dealing with it or in, in, a, in an accepting? It. In dealing in, with in it. In dealing it, I think and it's accepting, pretty, yeah, I think both. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think, again, I think that one of the very first things, and no matter what any of my clients are going through in a therapeutic space, is to just acknowledge that one has made a very good decision in reaching out and asking for help. You know, and, and that offers a client or a person the greatest comfort in knowing that I have not done wrong or I was not being too dramatic or unreasonable about what I'm feeling. Um, so that in itself can do great wonders. And it's really just with, with therapy, at least what I hope to offer and what I would love to believe, obviously all the other professionals in my field offer is really just a safe space to feel what you're truly feeling with no judgment. And to think your thoughts because, again, it's the offload that then makes you realize so many things um, that offers direction, that offers um, identification of what is actually happening. So it's just an environment, to be honest, um, a, a professional one rather, to, for somebody to honestly just express themselves for what is truly happening and to know that I feel these things and... I may not be in control, but I would like to change them because wanting to change and asking for help is powerful. You know, there's, there's great strength in that state of vulnerability. So it's that and then just journeying with them and listening and offering an ear and, and 
the way forward and negotiating and trying to help the person understand how they can then help themselves, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mbali, um, uh, it's time, I think, for us to, to call it a night. <laughs> um, we are so thankful and grateful um, for you have um, to make this time available to us so that we can have these important conversations. Um, next yes. week, I believe that we will be going a little bit deeper, looking at, you know, just the cultural element when it comes to um, depression and anxiety and just mental health, yes. mental health and mental illness as a whole. Um, so thank you, first of all. And uh, secondly, can you please share um, your social media handles with um, the family out there? And uh, yeah, how can they reach you if someone is interested today um, in maybe um, getting assistance from you? Sure, sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's something I'm very passionate about. It and, and honestly, something that we all just need to just check in with, to be honest. Mm. Um, even without all these very very um, obvious kind of signals. Yeah. Um, so on, on, on Instagram, it's Serene Double Underscore Therapy. And on Facebook, I'm available at Serene Therapy. My email address is mbali at serenetherapy.online. Um, on Instagram and both Facebook has my contact number as well, which I'm happy to give again, 072-213-5691. I'm available on Instagram and Facebook, and those platforms both have my email and my contact number. Fantastic. And it's called Serene Therapy. Serene Therapy. Sombali from Serene yeah. Therapy has been with us. Um, uh, thank you so much. And uh, we hope that you'll be able to come into the studio um, next week or the following week. But whenever you are um, ready and back in Cape Town, um, thank you very, very much. And have a blessed Thank you evening. for having me. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Right, my family. Um, that was Mbali Kuzwayo. Um, she is a registered counselor and uh, she is passionate um, about emotional well-being. And if I was you, if you're feeling a certain way and maybe some of the things that she spoke about really triggered you and, you know, you thought, you know what, actually, I do need assistance. Um, I would say please reach out to Serene Therapy. Um, Bali is an absolutely incredible human being and this is what she's passionate about. Like she said, this is what she wants to do um, to heal people to get people to a place of contentment and i think to a place of uh, where one is uh, you know stable um in their emotions so we'll be having more conversations definitely next week um talking about the cultural elements and the cultural aspect of um uh, depression anxiety and mental um illness as a whole we've got about 10 minutes to go until the top of the hour um we're going to go straight to colin gans saying coming home I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Lord, resurrect these bones. Ah, he is indeed a resurrector of bones. He is indeed the one that washes all our sins away. He is the one that leads us, uh, family, um, to that place of healing, ultimately. Um, Isaiah chapter 38, verse 16 to 17 says, You restored me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish in your life. You kept me from the pit of of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. That's, of course, Isaiah chapter 38, verse 16 
to um, 17. Um, I trust and hope that uh, we will all find the healing and the peace of mind that we are all looking for. Um, emotional well-being. Seek that um, if you need it and help those that are around you. Be patient, be gentle and help them to get to a place where they are you know, emotionally well. Um, something which is very important. We are all facing, you know, different challenges, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but we will get through it, family. We will definitely get through it. You blessed me still, Benjamin Dube, coming your way. Thank you so much for being part of the show tonight. It has been absolutely incredible. And uh, thank you so much to Mbali out there. Mbali um, Kuzwayo, our registered counselor um, that was with us in the show. Thank you, family. You've got 10 minutes to go until the top of the hour, which is 8 p.m. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.